Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. The podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this episode is different because we are still recording during the COVID-19 pandemic while physically distancing, which means we are not in the same room using our professional audio equipment. So the quality might be a little bit different than what you're used to, but we are all doing the best we can with what we have. And I'm so excited about our guest that is with me here today for our season three finale episode. Madam Mayor is the first solo project by singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Erica Green, she, her, hers. Heavily influenced by classic British punk and 70s New York Lower East Side rock and roll, Madam Mayor's grunge-tinged music aims to amplify sex positivity, queer liberation, and gender affirmation. Also influenced by her time as a professional EMT in Brooklyn, New York, her music reads like the bold woman who created it, vulnerable, fiercely celebratory, and unapologetic. Erica, welcome. Hi, Dubs. Hi. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm doing. I'm waiting for the results for a PCR test. We talked about this, and so I'm just a little on edge, but I'm okay. How are you doing? Bless your soul. May it be negative and bright. Thank you. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm surviving this crazy time. Yeah, I wanna. I will definitely want to talk to you um, about this later, but. Are you still an active EMT or, or is that yeah, in your past? I oh, am. You are. Okay. I am. Well, I will. I will. If we want to talk about it, I want to bring it up later. But right now we all have multiple coming out stories and coming into ourselves stories. And so I invite you to share one of one or, you know, however many you want of those with us. Isn't it funny how the coming out never ends? <laughs> yes, never ends. Yeah. Um, so you know, I hope you have an opportunity to come out as COVID negative when your PCR comes back. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think about, um, you know, like so many queer people. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, the, I think the number of coming out stories is, you know, it's I think something a range of like 25 different experiences that pop into my head, but I'll give you one of them. Okay. Um, and I have to thank, uh, I don't, I don't know if you remember, you know, I, you probably do in, um, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, she, she, she accused Brett Kavanaugh of assault, um, at the end of 2018, mm-hmm. um, around the time at the end of 2018, it had been a few years since I had known that I was a gender nonconforming person, but I wasn't enforcing my pronouns to anybody. It was a very internal experience. Uh, up until that point. Um, uh, and I watched that amazing human being speak in Congress. Um, and I was so moved by the strength and the power that I saw. Um, I saw that she had in that moment, uh, speaking to the whole world about one of, you know, one of the most vulnerable things one can possibly talk about. Um, and I, I felt inspired to be a little bit more true to myself. Um, I, I'll never forget just watching her sitting on my couch. And all of a sudden, there's, there were you know, tears streaming down my face. And I just knew I had to do something in my life um, to, to speak my truth in the way that I saw her speaking her truth. Um, and I took a piece of paper. I made two columns this but um <laughs> it was uh <laughs> i could have made more columns but essentially i on one side i wrote man <laughs> and the other side i wrote female uh, woman and i made a line down the middle and I, I took a pen and i wrote down 
all of the traits that I felt that if I had, if I could lump them into one of these two big silly categories, you know, I just, just out of curiosity, you know, I, just to see, just to see what I was going to find at the end um, when I was done writing down all these traits to identify with myself. And if I sort of felt that they were typically associated with one of these two categories, um, my list was almost all female things that I identified as being female characteristics. And, uh, I wrote an email to my whole family later that day, um, you know, letting them know that I was a woman and that I'd always been a woman and asking, asking them to, uh, to um, respect my pronouns and respect me. And, you know, I, I like to think that that would have happened soon in my life, regardless if, if, Dr. Ford um, hadn't done what she did, but I, I will always be, I will always be grateful to her for pushing me out of a certain closet at that moment in time. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I think it just goes to the power of sharing one's vulnerability and sharing one's truth um, and how that has such a ripple effect. And also I, I think even you know, taking it one level up, I think a lot of times, especially in the queer community, we talk about queer representation and queer visibility of like seeing ourselves and other queer people for the first time. And this actually is such a powerful example of the power of storytelling and truth telling and the, the, the power it has for everybody. Meaning like, I don't want to make presumptions about Dr. Ford's gender or sexuality, but what she was talking about wasn't about that inherently. And so, but the fact that it still had such an impact on you, um, A is profound and B just further highlights the need for us to, to live in our truths and share our vulnerability because we don't know the power that it has. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is interesting um, to think, you know, I think I did identify something in that moment beyond just her, her human power. I, 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 I think I did feel um, empowered by what I saw as a powerful femininity, um, in, in, in that moment beyond just her powerful humanity or in addition to, or whatever that, um, I did feel inspired by, but absolutely we, um, absolutely. So, so you, do you still have the piece of paper that you wrote these columns? I think so I do. Yeah, it must have been it must be in one of my journals. I've I actually recently went back through I have something like I don't remember how many, but it's approximately 25 journals. Um and I haven't read through all of them, but about last year I started rereading my journals from the beginning. Um so yes, I I I believe I do. When you say from the beginning, um from the beginning of what? <laughs> <laughs> I came out of my mom, the doctor handed me a pen. And I was like, <laughs> right. quick, ideas. I'm right. inspired <laughs> by, the, by the last 10 minutes of my life. Um, okay, well, less sarcastically, um, I think about my seventh grade teacher for, you know, okay, I'll say his name, Mr. Cargyle. We had to keep journals in his class. That's the first journal that I kept. Mm. And when you, as you're going back through, were there any hints of your identity peeking out? Like your authentic identity as a woman? Um, so, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I, I didn't want to say I lied, but I just remembered something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's this, you know, Dr. Seuss book that was really popular, like a, a book all about me. Mm. I don't know, that was popular in the 80s and, and 90s, um, like so many things from the past. It's, it would be rather problematic, I think, in a, in a child's hand today with some of the things it was asking little kids to talk about. Uh, one of which is, of course, gender. Actually, it's the very first thing in the book. So my, my parents gave me this book when I was a kid. So I was probably about three years old or so, and I was filling it out with my dad, um, and the very first page, it says, before we go any further, are you a boy or a girl? 
I, it, it doesn't have that, you know, I, that's the voice that I, that's the kind of authoritative, um, uh, silly voice that I imagine <laughs> this, this Dr. Seuss <laughs> book having. So, so I, I guess you can say this was my first journal, right? And yeah. my first, yeah. So I, I wasn't doing the writing, but you know, there was some dictating going on. And on this page that I just mentioned to you, um, I asked my dad to write the word person. And I didn't want, I, I, I didn't check any, either of the boxes. And then clearly my father, well, my, then my father crossed out person and wrote boy next to it. Mm. Um, so I would say that is the first journaling sort of in, uh, inkling of, to my own femininity that is right there on the page. I didn't want my father to write down that I was a boy. Yeah. Do you remember what it felt like when you saw that it was crossed out and boy was written? <laughs> it was, um, it was rather affirming, mm. you know, it was, it was remarkably affirming. And, you know, I think, I think with so many, um, looking back on my own gender journey, um, it's, it's a combination of nice and also a little bit sad to, to see those kinds of, you know, to see, to see that specifically, I wish three-year-old me could have had some kind of conversation with my father about gender and, you know, um, like so many people of his generation and it's not a subject that he had very much, (laughs) he had very much knowledge of for sure. Yeah. In terms of true, you know, gender identity and yeah, for sure. I mean, I think even parents today are still figuring out how to talk about gender identity and what to talk about and what's quote unquote, you know, appropriate for young kids. And um, I, I am an educator, a facilitator, and it's like, it's appropriate from second one. <laughs> we're not, we're not talking about sex. We're talking about gender our held gender. And we talk about what it is to be a boy and what it is to be a girl from before kids are born. So the time is now, the time is now. <laughs> Did your parents talk with you about gender identity when you were growing up? Um, not, not, no, not in the way that I would have liked. I mean, there were definitely moments. Uh, I don't want to say moments, but I think I, I had known from a very young age that I was not a girl and didn't also didn't feel like a boy and didn't know that something else existed beyond the binary. And so I would kind of like test the waters and, and I was, you know, as what one would call a tomboy. Um, And sometimes my parents would let me dress that way. Sometimes they wouldn't, but like if it was anything ever fancy, I had to wear a dress and tights and all that stuff that was not affirming for me. So long story short, I, I tried to communicate with them thing, my needs, but I didn't have the language to do it. And they certainly didn't have the language either. So it was, it was more through like tantrums and me trying to explain things, but also inherently knowing what I was feeling was wrong and bad. Um, even though of course it's not, but that's what we're taught is that it's wrong and bad. So, um, so not, not, not in a way that I would have appreciated, I guess (laughs) is the long way is the short way to answer the question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, any kid these days whose parents are at all versed in the realities of gender is a very lucky person. Yeah, absolutely. Truly. And I, I struggle a lot with um, like friends and family members who have kids and watching them raise their child in a gender with that they were assigned at birth. And I'm still trying to figure out if I'm like over like calibrating because I was raised in the wrong gender um, that I get like very emotional about it. Cause it's like, I don't want this kid to suffer the way I did. And And what they all say back to me is we all have such more, uh, you know, such a better understanding and more tools to be able to recognize if a kid is not, you know, living in their true gender or, um, 
you know, they know more questions to ask or what kinds of, you know, ways to guide the question that's non-judgmental and, and supportive, which is incredible. And there's still so much undoing that would have to be done if a kid is raised as a, a wrong gender or the incorrect gender for even a year or two years. So anyways, yes. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to figure out really how much, uh, it's, it's hard to know how much I think we were all impacted by the, by the binary, by the gender binary. Um, <laughs> it, all I know is I feel like I'm going to keep unpacking forever and there will yeah. still be more to unpack. Absolutely. I will, I will never, ever get to the bottom <laughs> of that, of that bowl. I don't, yeah, I think up. you're right. Um, and something too, is that, the gender binary and all of the, the gender roles and expectations affect everybody. Even if you're not trans or non-binary or part of the LGBTQ community, that's, I mean, that's what toxic masculinity is. You know, it's, there are all of these expectations, like the, even just thinking of the columns that you wrote and it's like, we assign gender to characteristics and traits. And if you don't adhere to those that match with your assigned gender, life is really hard. Life can be really hard. And I don't think a lot of people really stop to think about that. Absolutely. It's, it's wild. Uh, you know, those, those interactions, I, I like to think, so I, 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 um, I got pulled over for making an illegal right turn, uh, yesterday. Mm. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so, you know, my ID, fortunately, I have the correct gender marker on it. I've got my F at, and uh, I um, haven't done anything permanent to my body. And so really, I, um, my, my femininity in terms of how it's recognized by others really depends on my clothes and my makeup and my jewelry. Um, and in this particular morning, I uh, d- took no kind of steps to... Uh, feminize my uh exterior as as it may um and so of course you know the police officer said uh hello sir you know when they saw me and and they said you want your id you took you made any legal right turn uh, yes i i apologize i gave him my id and you know as soon as he takes my id and walks away i just know that he is going to look at that id with uh with wonder and awe and confusion when he sees that gender marker next to my name and sure enough when he comes back you know, he, he just wanted out of my face. So as quickly as possible, you know, I, 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 I know I could see the fear in his eyes, (laughs) fear, straight up fear Mm. and, and confusion as to how this person could have that F on. And I, and, you know, it, it doesn't, well, I, and here's the thing also about, you know, being an art, being, you know, having that gender marker that uh, on my ID um, and in general, just moving through the world as a, as a trans woman, particularly a trans woman that doesn't pass, um, we, the world, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm filled with, a, I admit to feel, experiencing a great amount of paranoia, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it, it, such that in situations like this, I'm reading into this cop's perspective Right. He didn't say anything to me. I've been in plenty of situations where people have said, of course, rude or, you know, a, a purposely offensive things uh, in this in this. But but in order for this police officer to, officer to say, because he said hello, sir, to me when he when he left, but he, then he definitely signed my ID in order for him to say to me, have a good day, ma'am. Like he would have to he would have to go through some internal process. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that he's never gone through before. Right. Which is to actually imagine that I would want that. That is my preference to be called ma'am and that, and that he would be doing, (laughs) it's like to so many people who believe in the nonsense of, of the gender binary, it's like, 
to them, it's, it would be an insult. For, to, he would feel like he's insulting me by calling me ma'am. Mm-hmm. He cannot possibly imagine a world where that is, that is exactly my, my, my greatest desire. Yeah. And thank you for, that was a ramble, I admit. No, but, that's uh, okay. It's an but important- it's just these, all these little experiences. I, I have to often, I just kind of, I do feel, you know, I, I like so many, <laughs> uh, I, I feel overwhelmed by all of this. You know, I, I, I am a proud trans woman and I am a struggling trans woman. You know, just simply because of the, uh, the world was just simply not, this world was not designed <laughs> for people like me our society is not designed for people like me for people like us yeah and so it's I, I I'm tired I'm a bit tired from swimming upstream I admit yes and it's really what led me to this music project because I have to express myself I have to express myself I have to scream to the high holy heavens that I am a legitimate human being on this earth at least I feel that way in order to make the room for myself that I need in order to to survive yeah absolutely amen to that and we will absolutely talk about your music in just a moment but I I want to just thank you for sharing that experience and I just want to affirm and validate your feelings of how hard it is to live in a world that's not built for us and for trans, non-binary, gender, non-conforming people. And, you know, you had said, you know, that yesterday in particular, you hadn't done anything to, you know, quote unquote, feminize your gender expression. And I just want to say that you don't, one doesn't and shouldn't have to do anything to be affirmed in their gender. They should just be able to be affirmed in their gender. And we should not equate gender expression to gender identity. That's number one. It really doesn't sound that hard. It really doesn't. And it's so hard for, I mean, admittedly, I do it too, because we're all wired to do it, but it just takes an extra second to be like, you know what? I'm not going to assume this person's gender or what words are affirming to them based on the way that they look. And it's just, it just takes an extra second to do it. And it can mean the world. And it can also, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, here's a generalization for you. So my, my, you know, but I will preface it, I'm sure with some more, more ideas and specifics, but in general, I would say that cis people don't realize how invested in their own genders they are. Mm. That gender is, (laughs) and especially for cis men as a generalization when I thought I was a cis man, you know, I was very invested in my masculinity. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yet my self-determination to express my gender as a trans woman is somehow over the top, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like cis men, cis women will go to any ends to prove their femininity, to prove their masculinity try to check the boxes of all of those social norms to fit in our society and and express themselves in their truest way. But it's just sort of considered, you know, some kind of weird normal that us who are working potentially even harder, swimming up an even steeper stream in order to uh, fulfill, you know, our our identity to, to, I'm sorry, I got a little bit lost there. It's okay. I got, I got, my thoughts got a little bit lost. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to finish that thought. That's okay. Because I mean, I think you're right. Like some, I also do that often where I'll get started. I'm like real into what I'm saying. And then as I'm talking, I'm like, I don't know. I'm talking. <laughs> I've lost what I'm saying. Because I, I think part of it, I mean, at least for me is sometimes I just feel tired of talking and trying to almost like explain what I feel is so obvious or like so inherent to human humanity. And it's like, I, I, I also do the same thing. I just like lose where I am. Um but you're right, this investment, and it's all, it's all coming back to cis normativity. And it's like our world is built to privilege those who fall neatly and appropriate, quote in huge quotes, appropriately 
um, into the gender binary, um, which for some, a lot of trans people really hold strong to the binary and appreciate being able to live in their true gender, which is a binary gender. So it's all just complicated. And it's not about taking things away. It's about making space for people. Um, and I, I'm so happy that you have a driver's license that accurately reflects who you are as a person. I am struggling with deciding on what I want to put on my ID. Um, I'm genderqueer. And so in New York City, you can put an X. Um, and right now there's an F because that's what I was assigned at birth and I haven't changed anything. And I, I am going through this tension right now of, I certainly don't want to keep F. So I might put an M because I, I am scared of having an X, which is, so, you know, the, you know, that internal dialogue you were talking about of like, what are they going to say? And is my life in danger? Because, you know, there's something that this police officer is not used to seeing and like, what's going to trigger inside him. Um, and so I don't know, I'm still, I'm still deeply thinking about it. And, you know, on the one hand, I want to keep, you know, like my safety comes first. And on the other hand, like my physical safety, but then my emotional safety is, but I am my, you know, my gender is reflected in an X. And so do I want to have that accurately pictured? And then, I don't know, it's just, I think about it a lot. And so I'm, I'm happy that you have, have the marker that affirms you. I feel very privileged to have, you know, I feel, and you should be, you know, it's, it's so, it's just, what is the value? Like, what is the, why do we even have the gender marker on our ID? Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. at, at, for me, and, and for me, it's, it is affirming. It is, it is helpful, but why can't you just have no gender marker? Like, why isn't that a, a fourth option in addition to the X? It's, totally. It's, it's, it's a bit dated. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's wild to, uh, to think how much, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. It's yeah. all wild. It really is. It really is. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about your music. So Yay. you are a multi-instrumentalist. Um, I listened to F around. I don't know if the title is F around, or if you actually say the cuss word, um, the word, but fuck around. Um, <laughs> I love it. And it really took me back to like, high school and college. I don't know. I'm in like, but like in the best way, like that, that vibe, that feeling of that song. It was so good. I listened to it a lot of times. Um, so, so anyways, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, and I, and I'm excited cause you're going to play for us in just a little bit, but first share, share with us like your journey into music and how you, how you, you know, got to be where you are now as you know, especially with Madame Mayer too. So I've um, been playing music since I was about 15. Um, and I've been in bands. Madame Mayer is probably like the fourth music project I've been a part of. Um, and it is the fourth music project. Um, and last year I, well, I said in 2020. Yeah, last year. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes. Long year. Um, in 2020, it was, I was, it was during the pandemic, you know, I'm, I'm an EM at, EMT uh, uh, sometime during the first crazy rush. Um, you know, I think like so many people, we were kind of wondering, well, am I going to be alive this time next year? Mm-hmm. And I decided I was that I was going to make I was going to make an album in 2021. Um, I had never done it before um, and had an opportunity to work at a, uh, with a really experienced producer um, and at a really nice studio um, called Sound on Sound Studios in New Jersey. And I really went out all out. You know, I, I hired professional musicians. Um, and what, when I started the project, it was, I was still in the mindset that this was a project that was just going to be for me. And when I finished making the record, I thought to myself, wow, this music is really worthwhile for me to go for it, to push it out there, to f- 
focus on music, focus on my art and try to build a profession out of it. And, um, and Madam Mayor was born. Mm. Yeah. So um, my first record is almost done and it's going to be released probably around April, 2022. And between now and then uh, people can expect me to put a little bit of music out. Um, my next single is coming out in, in about four weeks and then we'll just keep trickling music out between January and April. It's so exciting. Yeah. What kind of music is the album? So all the songs start with me um, thinking like a singer songwriter. I want to be able to play all of these songs with the guitar in hand, solid uh, melody lyrics that have a lot of uh, personality. Um, I want each of my songs to really mean something stand for something um, <laughs> I like my messages to be clear <laughs> mm-hmm. whether it's I'm angry or I'm a slut or I'm an angry slut um, <laughs> you know <I'm>, the, <laughs> um, it, you know uh, whichever the direction I want it to be really clear what's going on and and so I, I, I look at I look at songwriting from this pretty um, say purposeful kind of kind of place um yeah that's amazing I love music with a message so I have seen that you talk about and read in your bio um that your music aims specifically to amplify sex positivity and queer liberation and gender affirmation um can you speak a little bit to how you convey those messages or any specific messages that have to do with those themes? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've got a song coming out next year called Polyamory, which is about my preferred relationship structure. Um, and the chorus is polyamory. So yeah, you know, it's Great. it's direct. It's to the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a song called Ubiquitous, and it goes like this. You are sex. Your sex is you. Your sex is ubiquitous. It's as big as the moon. So, you know, I just like to address reality, which is we're all on a gender journey. There's lots of different ways to have healthy relationships. It's okay to be a slut. Uh, we are all sexual beings. And the sooner that as a society, we just accept and acknowledge this, the more that we can confront all the complexities that that brings with it, with honesty and in a healthy way so that queers aren't forced to repress <laughs> all of our beautiful feelings so that we can a- acknowledge and under- come to understand ourselves in a, in, a, in a healthy process where we're respected by our societies, respected by our peers. Th- these are, this, uh, these are the, the big, the big, ideas the big visions that I hope that my songs are just tiny 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 little building blocks in this in this story of of moving our society towards the direction that you know we all wanted to go yeah yeah absolutely well and I would I I can guarantee that you know people listening to your music will feel that and will feel you know being seen and validated in all the different ways that it it is to exist in this world. And um, yeah. And like, like you're saying, like, it's okay to be a slut and, and, you know, there's such negative connotations when it comes to, you know, who, who we're sleeping with, how often we're sleeping with them. Um, Romantic and physical and emotional relationship structures. There's again, you know, that's 
heteronormativity, right? There's one way to be and it's straight and it's monogamous. And that's just not an accurate reflection of humanity. And so the sooner we can all get on board, the better for everybody. Um, so you are going to play a cover song for us called One Girl oh Gal. God, I would love to. Yes. So this is a this is a cover of Rufus Wainwright's One Man Guy. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, it's a it's a cover slash a rewrite. So amazing. Yeah. So this this song. The song, the song One Man Guy, it's actually first written by Rufus Wainwright's father, Loudon Wainwright III. And this, it was one of my favorite songs from when I was in high school all the way through my 20s. And, and you know, then I came out as a woman and I got kind of sad because I, I didn't think I could play it anymore. One Man Guy, mm. I'm not going to play this song, uh, you know, and um and then I realized I could just change the words, you know, and uh, keep it in my life. And this is One Girl Gal. People will know when they see the show the kind of a girl I am. They'll recognize just what I stand for and what I just can't stand. They'll perceive what I believe in and what I know is true. And they'll recognize I'm a one girl gal, always was through and through. meditate yeah that's just great try to find the inner you people depend on family and friends and other folks to pull them through don't know why i'm a one girl gal or why i'm a one girl show Three cubic feet of bone, blood, and meat to all I love and know. Yes, I'm a one girl gal in the morning, same in the afternoon. One girl gal when the sun goes down, whistle me a one girl tune. kind of gal to be I'm a one girl gal I'm a one girl gal I'm a one girl gal is me I'm gonna wake and bathe and dress myself and eat solo every night Unplug the phone, sleep alone, stay way out of sight. Sure, it's kind of lonely, and yeah, it's sort of sick. To be on your own, one and only, is a dirty, selfish trick. Yes, I'm a one-girl gal in the morning, same in the afternoon. One-girl gal when the sun goes down, and whistle me a one-girl tune. One-girl gal, I'm a one-girl gal, only kind of gal to be. I'm a one-girl gal, I'm a one-girl gal. One girl, gal, that's me. Bravo. Brava. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. How does it? Yeah, it's so happy to. It's it's rare we get music on this pod, so it's nice. How does it feel to sing it? And does Rufus know you wrote it and all that good stuff? 
I Rufus does not know that I wrote it yet. I, mean, I do have a music video. Um, I recorded that song with a cello and a violin and a, and a grand piano. We have the audio and the video recording that I'll be releasing next year. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's one of at least 13 more songs that folks can expect to hear from Adam Mayer before May next year. Can't wait. I love it. Um, amazing. And you asked how it feels. Yeah, yeah. When I play that song, I feel like I am touching the stars. Not like Lady Gaga stars, like the stars in the sky. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Like I, like, you know, I, I can, I feel like I can hear the solar wind and smell the sulfur from from Saturn and all the rest. I'm going to go out on a limb and <laughs> equate By that way, to, oh, sorry, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. I realize I don't actually know if there's sulfur on Saturn, but anyway, oh, that's it's, a, it's, it's space dust, you know, space I, dust. I, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was just going to say that I'm going to go out on a limb and, and equate that with at least the vibe I'm getting is gender euphoria. Cool. Of like, you know, like being <laughs> infinite, right? Like being part of yes. the universe in yeah. such a, you know, visceral way. I think for me, at least for me, that's what gender euphoria feels like of being so at home and so myself that that's like, that's the vibe. I love that. Like that's, that's the gen, that's the feeling of gender that doesn't, is not defined by your clothes or your accessories or the way you speak or your anything it's your gender that is defined my is my for me it's my femininity in the stars mm. that's where my femininity comes from right and and I, I think that's that's what the gender can really give us an opportunity to just live 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 our reality and and uh and it, that's uh, from an internal place from a from a place that doesn't depend on on any anything other than your own knowing, your own knowledge. Totally, this your is identity, a deep knowing, a deep sense of self. Um, you know, being able to tap into the inherentness and the innateness, innate, innate. Is that right? Um, of our of ourselves, while also knowing, like sometimes clothing and it's a, accessories can help amplify that feeling, but, but yes, I think down oh, to the core. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but down to the core of, you know, who we are um, is so, I love that femininity from the stars. I feel like if I were a songwriter, I'd be like, Ooh, that's a good title. <laughs> I'm not a songwriter, but um, I love that. Um, so I, I do, I mean, I'm, I'm just, curious about so you said you're still an active emt during this pandemic how how are you holding up how is it how is it i mean i don't even i don't even know what to ask yeah it's it's a bit it's wild for sure um i'm grateful for my job um it really gives me an opportunity to be with people in some of the craziest times toughest times um it's uh Sure, uh, sometimes the stakes of the situations that I'm helping people in when they call 911 can be scary. But ultimately, if, if I'm there, it means that, I, you know, or myself and, um, and other EMS providers are there, the person is lucky that we are going to help, right? Because somebody is coming to help them. So, um, and uh, it, it can be a real honor to have that opportunity to help people in their time of need. So there it's a, it's a stressful job. Um, you know, like it has its unique stressors. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it also has, gives you a unique opportunity to really directly help, help people, you know, in their time of need. I think some of the, uh, some of the stress, uh, is certainly alleviated by that. Um, and in terms of, you know, COVID, it's very interesting. The last, last couple of weeks, cases have really picked up in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, this week, 
had several, you know, uh, COVID positive patients. Um, yeah, I think every, I, well, I'm just seeing people, you know, I'm seeing people kind of shell-shocked, um, people talking about, you know, um, you, you know, of course, getting vaccinated um, is, is so vital to helping decrease intense uh, symptoms, but, um, you know, people are kind of shocked. They can, they can get it even though they're, they're vaxxed and boosted and, um, and yeah, it's clearly it's clearly something that we're going to all just continue to live with. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I have a friend who had COVID in March of 2020, boosted, you know, like double vax boosted and still got COVID recently. And it's like, I mean, and he never felt sick for a second, but like tested just to be safe before getting on an airplane. And that's how he found out. And so, I mean, so there it is, like, no one's immune and the vaccine and the booster help keep it mild for, you know, in most cases. So get vaccinated, everyone who's listening and get boosted, everyone who's listening. Um, Cause it's, I couldn't imagine what it would be like on the front lines. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for, uh, yeah. Thanks for the gratitude. <laughs> um, it, it helps. It helps. It's, um, it's, um, EMTs, I think, were particularly well positioned to live in a pandemic world um, because part of our job training uh, from, of course, before COVID is to is body substance isolation. You know, we in, were trained to use masks properly, to wash our hands, to, uh, to recognize what... Um, a safe with you know one of the first things that EMTs learn in school is is scene safety mm. right and scene safety means you go on to a scene and thinking about all of the different things that could impact your ability to help a patient and to keep yourself safe and make sure everything can progress in a smooth and safe manner and you know so, so the situational awareness that we've all had to really learn so much of uh, through COVID, really in terms of thinking about our social settings. And um, yeah, some of that was, is our, our EMS skills that I, so I, that I'm uh, also grateful that, um, that I learned before COVID. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, um, and I would say also, I feel lucky that I've just had an opportunity through COVID to directly fight the, the disease. Mm. Um, Even in, you know, March and April of 2020, when everybody was kind of stuck at home and frontline workers were out doing their thing, I felt, I felt lucky to be able to do something to get out there and, and play a positive role, you know, just like one patient at a time. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful outlook and framing. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to, con- you know, <laughs> your <laughs> attitude matters, right? And, yes. Uh, and um, you've got it. You've got to focus on. I mean, in, in, in these crazy times, got to do anything but focus on the positive. Yeah, absolutely. To, it's because uh, otherwise, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> totally. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out here trying to fake it until I make it for sure. Yeah. Um, That's real. That's resonant. (laughs) Um, All right. This, this has been such a lovely, lovely conversation. I hate to do this, but I have to move us into our lightning round of questions, um, which are silly. And I was told, you know, given the feedback, the first two seasons that my lightning round questions were too binary. So these are now (laughs) less binary lightning round questions. So they might take a little bit longer to answer, but it's worth it. I think. Uh, there is one one binary answer uh, question that I couldn't cut, um, but just answer as quickly as possible. It's all just for fun and games. Are you ready? Yes. All right. If you could potato. name your own crayon, what would you name it? Potato. Nice. Favorite time of day? 4.15 a.m. 
favorite current I, it's, it's like my favorite time to pee <laughs> okay did you wake yeah. up just every day at, at that time to go pee yeah pretty much nice and then you, you go back to sleep pretty easily yeah that's good um all right favorite current queer media representation uh jeffrey marsh totally on, who i who makes every day a little easier absolutely on instagram absolutely i was just gonna say on instagram um okay follow or nope i don't know what i was reading that word's not on this page a song that makes your heart soar um song is what if i by cuddle magic Mm. favorite way to travel um rolling (laughs) favorite quote favorite quote um, my father, uh, used to say when you're hungry, eat, and when you're tired, sleep. Mm. So simple and yet so profound because most people don't do either of those things. Um, all right. Bagel... He's also a Taurus like me. So it's very mm. like, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. That's the correct answer. Even though there are no wrong answers, there are. And that was the right one. (laughs) Um, Erica, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, Where can folks follow you on social media? How do we learn about and follow the dropping of songs and album and shows if you have them, all that good stuff? My handle across all the platforms is Madam Mayor Music. M-A-D-A-M. Mayor like the mayor of a city and mm. music, like the greatest thing in the world. Yes. You can uh, find me on Instagram is probably the best way to follow me. But if you want to find my videos on YouTube, you can search Madam Mayor Music. Beautiful. And I will tag you in our post. Erica, thank you so much for being here and sharing with uh, us. Thank you for the opportunity. It was uh, the first time I... I I've never been interviewed and I, um, I didn't pee my pants once. Wow. We'll call that a win. Yes. (laughs) Well, it was a great interview and, uh, you know, you'll be, you'll be set up for success. Any other interviews that follow. Um, so thank you for coming out. Dubs. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Hey everyone. It's your host, Dubs Weinblatt. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps. And we want to hear from you. We want to know your coming out story. Head on over to Thank You For Coming Out's Instagram page at Thank You For Coming Out and click the link in our bio. There's a form there where you can submit your coming out story either anonymously or with your name. And you could have the chance to hear your story read out on the Thank You For Coming Out podcast. We're so happy that you're part of our community and we want you to know that your story matters. Thank you for coming out.